Welcome to the Mini Me Mental and Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Dr. Kate Bartram Brown, the founder of Mini Me Yoga and a doctor of natural medicine. I have an amazing team of experts. We will be sharing top tips that will help us navigate the current challenges that we, as teachers, parents, grandparents, child caregivers, are faced with, giving you self help techniques that are super fun. We look forward to sharing more of the Mini Me magic with you. So we are live. Yay! Yay! We're live. We were waiting so long, weren't we? We were like, okay, so we're going to be live, and we got all excited, and now and now we're live. So that's great. Um, I've not had a makeup artist to do my makeup. (laughs) I mean, what was I? I should have sent somebody round with mask on, visor, and I mean, what was I thinking? We were just having a giggle before before the uh, interview went live, and you can tell that we're we're excited to be chatting <laughs> today. Um, I'm Dr. Kate Bartram Brown, and I'm doing some interviews over the next couple of weeks, just on the run up to everyone going back to school and everyone going back to work, and you know pe- things are not normal. Uh, we're experiencing different social distancing requirements from governments and all different types of things that are, that, that are now in place. So I thought it'd be really fun to just interview some amazing people, people that I find amazing, um, and share their perspective, share their expertise. And, and let's all, you know, we're all in it together. And this is something that we were just talking about, wasn't it? That we're all yes. in it together. Definitely, Kate. So give us a bit of background about you and introduce yourself to our viewers and let them know how amazing you are. Oh, dear, dear. Well, my name's Helena, Helena Kelman, and I'm the Mini-Me Yoga Ambassador in Lanarkshire. Um, I have been, I've only been doing this for the past two years, uh, Mini-Me Yoga. Prior to that, I have worked in statutory organisations and voluntary sector. Only working with adults. I worked with adults all my working life until three years ago, and I decided to become a relaxed kids coach. Um, prior to just doing that, I actually did um, I did my degree and did work with um, my training on hypnotherapy and life coaching, which kind of got me into a lot of different you know other things, and that's where um, I started working with a lot of adults, and which I'd always done. And with adults, with a, a lot of people were coming to me about anxiety um, and stress. And that was the case as well. I worked a lot with parent carers in the carer centre that I worked with, so um, who were maybe dealing with you know children with additional support needs and a lot of anxiety around the children themselves coping and also about relationships as well, the effect it was having on relationships. So I was working with the adults, but... I also wanted to, for some reason, I started to want to work with the children. And that's why I became a relaxed kids coach, did the training, loved it. And I've been very, very fortunate to have worked within schools, local communities, um, worked with organisations, charities, um, working with children, working with children and adults and parents. um, And it's been great. And the mini-me yoga just fitted perfectly into that as well. So... The past three years, like basically, I was working. I was always an employee, always an employee for all my life until three years ago. And I decided to set up my own business um, 
is Helena Kelman, HK Services, with my coaching, the mini me yoga, and the relaxed kids. So, and it's just flourished from then, and I love it. I love it. That is yeah. amazing. I, I I really love your story because, as well, you know, we've been talking about this um, over the last few days, and again, you mention it, and and it's that it it's that important aspect of an adult or a grown up being looking after themselves having that self-care understanding that they need to take care of their anxiety their depression their you know whatever they're going through because that has a direct effect on their family and you know who they're working with so t tell us a little bit about that about you know working with um you know parents that are carers or or, or yeah. carers <laughs> how, how important is that because we've got a lot of people now at home maybe yeah children are not going to be going back to school because maybe their parents are high risk or vice versa or whatever you know we, we, we now have these different rules in place yeah. talk to us about the importance of that Helena it's it's really important um for anyone any adult to really look after themselves and actually at the moment I'm doing a four-week block of like sessions in the evening for just adults um and what I always just say to adults or anybody, there's like, there's that, like, um, I always just think about when you go on an aeroplane, have you ever been on an aeroplane? And they always tell you to put on your oxygen mask. You know, they say, you know, if anything happens, put on your oxygen mask because you have to take care of yourself before you actually attend to whoever it is that's with you, whether it's a child or something. And I say to them, that's the same in life so think about that oxygen mask you have to put that on yourself so you have to take care of yourself and a lot of people think especially parents a lot of parents think that self-care is selfish but it's not selfish self-care is actually you've got to be able to look after yourself before you can look after somebody else and if you're calm and if you're looking after your own health and well-being whether that's physically or mentally then you can then you're you're better equipped to look after those that you need to look after, whether it's a child, whether it's an adult, and and it's not. Sometimes I think people think self care is you have to go away somewhere, you have to do, you have to go away to a retreat, or you have to do something like you know just to go away somewhere and spend money. But it's not. It's, it's even just about taking two minutes, five minutes in your day that you can either just sit in a room, if it's quiet, go out in a garden, go to a park, go, just do anything for you to get five minutes peace. And that just really helps. It just recharges and actually helps your, your own mental state. So it's really, really important. Mm, I agree. I agree. And this is, you know, one of the things that I, I realized early on when teaching kids yoga, it's like we were giving all these amazing tools to the kids, which they loved, of course. But mm. then of course, if they go back home and they're still in a, in a stressful environment or, or perhaps the parents weren't um, knowledgeable about these tools or didn't know they existed and then they had different patterns it was very difficult for the children to maintain and of course you know we see that in schools as well and in homes so it's really you know I, I feel extremely important that parents um, adults aunties uncles grandmas grandpas yeah. who it is you know get on board with with it because um, I don't know if you found this but 
children never seem to do what we say, but they do what we do. Yes, definitely. And that's it. As soon as they see somebody doing something, they will they will imitate that. So not always what we say, but what you're right, Kate, what we do. Do you know? And one of the things is, is like proof of that, you show a child a photograph of something and, and the magic yoga cards are, are actually, like they're a prime example. We can show the magic yoga cards without even doing a pose and the children will do it. The, nobody's even shown them what to do. And that's what I even say to parents. It's like that kind of thing. They they will copy you. You know, children do copy you. Um, yeah. But tell them to do something, and they won't always do it. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely it's, not. It's like us, isn't it? As grown ups, yeah. tells us to do so. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But if we see somebody doing something really cool, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, maybe I'll try I'm, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I know. So if somebody tells us what to do. We'll we, we'll say, who are they talking to? Do you know? So um, children are the exact same. I think sometimes we don't give children enough credit at times as well. You know, what they do understand and what they take in. Um, but also they'll challenge, you know, adults, no matter who it is, whether it's a parent, whether it's a carer, whether it's a teacher. You know, they'll, they'll always challenge people that are, you know, in a, that's that, that person um, that they're seeing maybe on a daily basis or something is particularly as well. So, um but yeah, you know, like so, there's lots of things about self care that we need to do, um, and I think it's no matter how much we talk about it, it's something we should just keep talking about. As I said, and you know, it's important that people learn. One of the one of the things that I talk about to, to everybody, the one of the most important things I find about anything is about people learning, like breathing properly. And I say, and I say that to everybody, whether it's a child or whether it's an adult, teacher, anything. If we learn to breathe properly, and it's simple, but it's one of the hardest things in a stressful situation that people find hard to do, is taking that time to actually properly breathe to calm the central nervous system, you know? It's very interesting you talk about this, because something that we've discussed before um, is that we're going to see perhaps situations that are very different for teachers and for parents. Perhaps children can't move around. Perhaps um, there's going to be restrictions of some kind. Perhaps they can't touch other students and, 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 yeah. and the things that we're used to doing. And you bring up the most important thing about self-care, which is breathing. Now, everyone yeah. can do that and everybody can it you know no matter what our ability is so yeah um, could, you, could you give us a you know like a, t a typical top tip that you could share with a parent or teacher and how to engage a child in breath or or an adult you know what what, what would you say I mean one of the the simplest things I was just there's lots of tools that can be used and obviously you can use tools and you can show people different things for breathing but a lot of the things I just say to, to people most people have two hands Okay, so if you've got two hands, you can do your breath, like breathe in, breathe out. So we call it like take five. So you mm -hmm. would just breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. Breathe in. Breathe out. Now, that can be practiced. A child who's under stress or sitting in a classroom, they've got their hand down here. They can do it under the desk. 
They don't even need to do that. The teacher can do that. The teacher can be sitting stressed and actually just take a deep breath in and out and trace, as I say, just trace your fingers. It's easy to do that. And you don't need that. You don't need any tools to do that. You know, another thing that I always, you know, like you can use things like, say, an elastic band, like just breathing in and out, like breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Now, you don't always, I give children elastic bands and I've always usually, I've, I've got them on my wrist for that very reason. But children will say to you, but what if I do it too hard? You know, I'll say, well, it's going to snap, but you don't do it too hard, you know. But girls have baubles in their hair, you mm -hmm. know, and they can take out the bauble from their hair. So it's just finding little tools that they can use, things like for the breathing when they're sitting and that it's not really just very, very obvious. And it can be, that can be in an exam situation. It can be outside whenever they feel stressed, if there's too many people or if it's, you know, and it's just a learning, it's learning about that breath without using anything else. But that's just one of the very simple things that can be, anybody can do that, you know. I love that. I love that. And that's something that we wanted to talk to you about is, you know, this all inclusion, because would you yeah. mind telling, um, uh, you know, the viewers uh, something about your daughter and how you've been able to work um, with different situations, yoga, breathing, meditation, all that kind of stuff, and, and how you can make things all inclusive for, for everybody, no matter what their situation is. Yeah. Well, my daughter, Lisa, she's um, 28. She's in a, she's a wheelchair user, and um, she has cerebral palsy, learning difficulties, and she takes natural seizures. But she's still, she's vocal, and she's very sociable. And with Lisa, um, it's really important for, I think, for anybody, no matter whether they're in a wheelchair, whether they've got other um, conditions at all, and this is for children or adults um, as well, there's still a lot of things that you can do. The importance of breathing is very good for people's chest, lungs, no matter what their condition. So it's really, really good, the importance of breath. But again, I've always tried to treat Lisa that give her opportunities and give her, give her the chances. Now, there's, there are things, you have to be realistic. There are things that are maybe beyond your capability, but what you can do is, is break those down. So, for example, I do, like, with the Mini Me Yoga, I will do things like, I'll do the mountain pose, okay, and, and I will say to her, right, she's sitting in a wheelchair, so, you know, it's about her posture. So you're helping somebody's posture, whether they're sitting on a chair it doesn't need to be a wheelchair, but whether somebody has problems at all, it's about sitting, posture, also about that breath and the importance of the breath. Also things like maybe like stretching arms, like the warrior or something. So if someone can only, she can't lift her arms up to here, like many people at anything. So you only take it as far as you can and try to get a stretch. So it's about being inclusive and I have had sessions with many people um, in schools and there have been kids with additional support needs. I've also did things like for people for hard of hearing and taught, um, you know, teachers and teaching assistants um, with an interpreter by my side for two hours, which was, that was an experience. Um, 
But again, it's about thinking of ways, instead of sometimes traditional things we think we would do something, it's thinking about if you were unable to do that for whatever your condition is, how can you break that down or what is easiest to do? You know, for somebody who is hard of hearing, for so lots of visuals. So even kids who are on, you know, with additional support needs or kids that are on the spectrum, sometimes it's about having a lot of visuals. So the the breathing thing that I spoke about, I have a I have a picture of that, but it shows you. So you can have these things, lots of visuals that they know, also visuals about what your next step's going to be. So it's about thinking of ways that if you couldn't do that. How much of that exercise or how much of that can you do? And it's really important for people of any who has any illness or disability to still feel that self-worth, that importance, and know that they are they can do things as well. They are not excluded. They can be included. So it's about that inclusiveness. But again, it's been a bit realistic in thinking beyond just what traditional exercises are so I always try and find ways of you know getting around something and how to do that and it's the same for any children that that I'm working with or any adults I would if somebody says to me I can't get down on the floor I say that's not a problem we can do this you don't need to be down on the floor we'll find a way to do it so I think it's about finding a way sometimes where brains have a block or a freeze and we think oh no this is what I've been taught to do. But think about if it was you, what you would do. I like this because in yoga, well, in, you know, sort of uh, traditional yoga, certainly the yoga that I, uh, the lineage that I practiced with uh, for many, many years, it was about your own journey and about your own body and what it can do. It was certainly not about, I have to look like the instructor doing the pose or I have to look like this person or I should be this far advanced or this far advanced and I think sometimes we can bring that competitive element into perhaps yoga or um, even well-being I know it sounds you know I know it sounds but you know you know why can't I do that or why can't I touch my toes and this is something that I've always wanted to promote and as you know in mini me yoga, you know, we we are always saying there's you don't need any experience, just the just the will to have fun, you know, and yeah. you're going to always adapt everything. Everything is useful, and this is something that I really wanted, you know, for us to to um, talk about because we are coming into a time now where there are going to be certain restrictions for both parents and um, teachers alike. Yeah. Um, and we need to adapt and we need to make sure that, you know, everything that we're doing, you know, we're not beating ourselves up about, oh, well, we should have been doing this or we should have been doing it like this or it would have been better like this. We, we, we are doing what we can and then we are accepting it and, and you know, in, in, in doing that, we're actually enjoying the process rather yeah. than being like, oh, you know, you know, kind of you know you know painful or or whatever it is so i i really you know wanted us to um you know talk to the parents um in particular about the fact of it's very overwhelming all this information of well-being perhaps yoga perhaps 
meditation, mindfulness. And, and, and let's think about all of those parents who've perhaps never done anything before. They don't know anything about this, but they've got all of these stresses coming in. They've, the children are, you know, going into, you know, schools yeah. uh, next uh, week or two. You're already back, aren't you? We're already back in Scotland. Yeah, the schools are already back. So this yeah. is like the second week back. Yeah. yeah. So, so those children are now going through that process of it being very different and, you know, those stresses as well. So, you know, what can we say to parents in particular that perhaps have no formal training of well-being, no formal training in education or no formal training of anything? What what top tips would you give them as um, kind of, you know, as a parent to parent um for me, um, and I've spoke to many parents through lockdown, and I've actually visited many at a distance um, because of a lot of the stress uh, that they were under during lockdown. And what I always just say to parents, I think there is so much has been out there, um, is like, do not stress, do not think you have to compete. You doing being in your own home or being your children, you know them best. Okay, you know them best. You know them better than anybody else. Only do what you can do. If you can, that's basically just take it very, very slowly and gently and don't feel under any pressure. You're doing a remarkable job. You can't, to try and be a parent, a teacher, a mum, you know, a wife, a partner, um, as well as maybe sometimes a working mum, trying to deal with a, like this that we are doing just now, maybe talking here like on a Zoom call or somebody's talking, they're having meetings. In the meantime, there's two or three children running about and the stress of that, I mean, you can actually just feel the stress. So I think it's just about, you know, you can only do what you can do and just try and remember some of the things, like simple things. There's no pressure to do anything that you don't want to do, but to keep your own, like that thing about self-care comes back. The one tip I would say is, Give yourself five minutes, even five minutes. There's nobody can tell me they can't take five minutes out a day to even get peace. Even if you lock yourself in the toilet, do you know, five minutes just to get peace. Um, and it is just about getting some some me time as well. So I think there's, you know, and if you want to take up something or you want to do like the mini me yoga, you want to do some other form of yoga or you want to do some form of exercise, do it if you want to do it. Don't do it because somebody else wants to do it or something. If it's swimming, when the swimming pool is open, go back to swimming, whatever it is. And sometimes it's as well about for, for parents or carers, they sometimes forget who they are as a person because they've been so busy thinking of the children or who it is they're caring for. So sometimes they've, they've got themselves lost about what they really want and really like. And sometimes it could be just about finding something. It's not even like, I'm not saying it's not energetic, but maybe you once played a musical instrument and that is your self-care thing. You pick that guitar or go to a piano lesson or do whatever it is that you once or you wanted to do. It's never too late to fulfill your dreams. Never too late. And I think we get lost in that sometimes. We think, I can't do that now, or I used to do that. But it's still that same person that's within you. So you can still do or go back to doing something that you really enjoyed. And that in itself is self-care, you know. 
I agree. And I think this um, situation of the lockdown has given a lot of people um, a chance perhaps to um, reflect on what they're doing in their in their world, in their life. You know, what, like you said, remembering all the things that they wanted they want to do in life. And uh, to me, I would call that having fun or joy. Yeah. Laughter is the best remedy. And you can play simple games with your kids. They don't, you don't even, what I do is when I'm like with parents and children, when I'm working with parents, particularly I'm very aware that a lot of parents um, are families, they don't have a lot of money. So they can't always go out and buy something. So it's about using things that's within your home or things that your children have already got. But there's plenty of things that you can do to have fun with within your home. Do you know, or out in a garden, you don't need to. You can go outside and have fun with, like, you know, like so, with the, the leaves. You can have fl- with other flowers. or You can have, like, branches. You can. There's lots of things you can do outdoors. It doesn't cost any money. There's things that you have within your home that you can make, like if there's jars or boxes, you can decorate them. There can be positivity boxes or positive jars. There's lots of various things that you can use, recycle, that you don't need to go. I'm always just aware that, you know, sometimes somebody will say, oh, they can get this in Amazon and you can get this here or you can get this there. You don't need to buy anything to have fun. And laughter is one of the best things for you and your child or for anybody that you're looking after you know yeah. I, I totally agree and as you know we you know I'm always you know if we're not having fun why are we doing it so yeah I know yeah yeah and it doesn't matter that you look silly do you know um it doesn't oh. matter that is the key thing. And, and I wonder if, you know, we can take this, um, you know, home with us from this interview is that honestly, being silly and looking oh. silly is amazing. It's like, yeah. it's like a lift, you know, don't need to buy like expensive creams and things like that. No. It's like, you radiate and you look amazing because, you know, when we do the shakeout and we're like, yeah. you know, shake out and then, we go, and then we end up going, ah, you know, you know Oh, the shakeout is so important. Like the kids love it, but when you do it with adults, they also love it. And they, you see their faces changing because you're releasing that oxytocin and and everything and that happy chemical, which is that is just the best remedy, the best laughter. And actually, I'm just going to give you a laugh just now because the other night in my kitchen, I had uh, a friend of mine in, and he was doing IT stuff for me. Um, and I just started to put some music on and I was doing the actions for kuchua, 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 wah, wah. <laughs> and it was crazy. And he's looking at me saying, you're crazy. But do you know what? It's just about having fun. And we sometimes forget that element. And even parents sometimes think, oh, I have to be a bit more reserved because I'm a parent or I'm looking after somebody. And do you know, but fun is the best. It's the best honestly remedy it is laughter and fun is just and it's free it's laughter great. it's free you don't need to, to have fun and laugh you don't need to pay for anything at all nothing I, I love that and you know like we've talked we've we've talked about you know the thing breathing and fun like the two yeah. most, um things that we can bring into our life for our mental and emotional well-being for our physical health for everything and they're both free Yes. Yeah, exactly. They don't need, they don't cost anything. And it doesn't matter. If, if you have a child who 
is even in a wheelchair or has non-verbal or anything, but you can see on their faces, particularly if it's a parent or a carer, they know the difference. Because sometimes if you put music on or you do something, they will see the difference or they'll do some kind of movement or rocking. A parent, a carer knows that child best and they know the difference, even if it is something that, you know, maybe somebody else doesn't see. So it is about having fun and it's fun for everybody and anything can be free. Do you know that fun, laughter, as you said, breathe. That's why I talk about the breath so much because it doesn't, it, it's so important to calm us um, and, you know, but also it's free yeah. as well. I love, know? and so, so just to kind of finish off on our, on our, on our interview, your, so the children are now back. Um, yes, in, in yes the children, the children are now back at school. They're back um, five days, they're back in full time. Yes. Yeah. And and obviously the children in England and Wales are going back in the next week. So yes. we have a huge difference. So we say it's like five months or so of some parents um, seeing their children off to school or their children are now at school and, and, and maybe they're going to work again. And um, so we, we've got a huge change coming. Yeah. What or what do you expect to see uh, in the up and coming weeks and months with with children behavior behaviorally? Um, what should we be looking out for? What should we be, um, you know, because some children, as we know, are quiet. Some are, you yeah. know, what what are we looking for? And then what do we do? How can we get help? I think um, at the moment the schools are back here two weeks. Um, I'm not back in the schools yet, um, but by all accounts and from people I've spoke to, teachers and parents, most children have adapted well to going back, you know, better than they sometimes thought. I think it was because they have just went back and it's about seeing their friends or seeing the normal, what, they, what was their normal life previously, seeing the teachers being in that back environment. I expect over the coming weeks and months when things start to settle that the effect of children, I think the learning will be more difficult because they have been away from that whole learning curve environment for five months and being in home. And I think also from there'll be some situations where children will find it quite, you know, the anxiety will be stressful, maybe in crowded places. Maybe if they do, maybe... You know, and at the moment, assemblies are not being done here. They're being done online within the schools. So within each, you know, it's been streamed across the classrooms. But again, that is not normal and children will start to feel unsettled. I think they'll, they'll be craving and looking for what they had and a bit of normality rather than being told, which we spoke about earlier, being told you can't do this, you have to do this because of this. Um, and I think what we need to do is, is we, our, our parents and people that are working with them, is we have to, like, you know, deal with them with that um, individually. We have to deal with, with the children's needs and emotional, their emotional well-being. And I think more than ever, there, there's going to be a lot of, like, more help, like, from ourselves and other people to help really... Um, you know, find out from the children what are those things that are underneath. And I think with all intent and purposes, 
teachers and schools are dealing with so much. They're dealing with all the new normal or whatever it is in a completely different environment and trying to deal with, you know, being back as well. But I think there's they're not going to be able to, not saying probe, but they're not going to be able to find out everything about all the what's hidden. And there will be children who are quieter and, you know, they'll need some interventions. Definitely, I reckon there'll be a lot of, a lot of intervention is going to be needed because um, there'll be a lot of things that over these five months that children have kept close to themselves, not wanting to maybe tell an adult and maybe, you know, it's been a stressful situation at home. So I think it's um, we have to watch very carefully the, in the coming weeks and months. I think that, as I said, we're at the initial stage and most most children have adapted pretty well. But I think now when the settling down period happens, um, we have to really um, monitor children and then get the interventions, whatever those. And I think teachers are going to have to try and find out. They will start to notice that the children, whatever, you know, they're, whether they're acting up or as they think or there's behaviours coming forward. The teachers can't deal with everything, so they need to have other people to intervene to help them. So it's about getting the help that's out there as well. Yeah, I think we have to do this as one family, don't we? You know, yeah. all, all together, you know, parents, teachers, aunties, uncles, grandpas, you know, grandmas, everybody together. Because um, yeah. it's we, we don't know, um, you know, what might crop up or what might show itself so we, we can be on hand and ready and of course uh, minimum yoga we've got the free um membership group that we're running whilst um yeah. it's free certainly whilst you know covid and, and and going back to school and and what have you so we've got 60 experts including yourself oh. um yeah share, sharing their uh, expertise and ideas um every day so again if yeah. people to, to join that I'll I'll pop the link in the yeah in the comment box and 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 Helena if people want to get in touch with you for one of your sessions um, yeah. where can they get in touch with you uh, I'm on Facebook I'm on mini me yoga Lanarkshire Facebook and I'm also on um, Twitter as well so they can contact me on Twitter or Facebook um, and I also have a website which has currently been updated, um, www.helenak.co.uk. Um, but feel free just to contact me, message me, anything at all, whether it's teachers, whether it's you know assistants, whether it's parents, anybody at all, feel free. Um, and even if it's only just for a piece of advice or just asking something, then that's fine. Um, I don't mind that. That's wonderful. That's so kind and generous. I, I want to put your um, uh, website address in the comments. So I'll make sure that's in the comments for everybody yes. as well. Uh, yeah. They can get in touch. Yeah, please do reach out because Helena's got a wealth of knowledge uh, and, and background working with all sorts of different situations. So so please feel free. Uh, we are in this together and that's the whole yeah. purpose of doing this. Uh, hey, can, yeah. I, can I just add, Kate, um, there's no such thing as a stupid question because a lot of people will say, this might be a stupid question. There's no such thing. If there's something that is in your mind and you want to ask about it, ask it because it's not stupid. So there's no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And we've we've got a few comments. I'll just read a few comments out. Yeah. So uh, Amanda's saying... Um, 
absolutely fun and laughter, the best medicine. And she loves to take five breathing. And we have somebody else um, who's commented, I don't have their name, unfortunately, on here, but it says, I totally agree with not giving children enough credit. They know and are often more aware than we are. Yes, we agree. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then somebody else is, again, I don't have their name, unfortunately, but they're saying Helena certainly knows what she's talking about. She's just amazing. So you've got your fan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so yeah I, I'm so pleased thank you so much for no today to share these um top tips with us and um I'm sure there's going to be lots of people reaching out to you and booking all sorts of different classes and sessions and things with you uh right away so thank you very much yeah, um, thank you well I'll <laughs> again very soon because obviously uh, uh minimi yoga but um for everybody else we'll see you um you know soon and and please you know feel free if you want to join our free membership group for minimi yoga you're welcome um and also um for grown-ups i have um, also three meditations that go on uh three free meditations that happen three times a week uh and you're most welcome to join us in those as well so lots of love to everyone. Take bye care. Bye. Have a lovely Monday. Bye. <laughs>